Hi, I'm Lauren. And I'm Ange. And this is the Multiply and Replen-ish podcast. Hey guys, welcome back to our Multiply and Replenish podcast. I know it's been a while. We've had a few hiccups. Ange got COVID and lost her voice. I did, like almost completely lost it. So that... That kind of stopped us from recording anything. And then when she was still in quarantine, we recorded an episode kind of on our thoughts about LDS General Conference. And we just weren't really happy with it. It was a little scatterbrained. And I think it's important to note that that topic is really sensitive for a lot of people. And for me personally, I was, I think I wasn't ready to share my thoughts or my thoughts weren't ready to share you wanted to think a little bit more and like organize your thoughts before you were ready to share your thoughts yeah sure yeah okay makes sense right yes anyways i'm sure there are a lot of people that are kind of in that boat because it is i mean that type of topic is just loaded it's loaded if we're not gonna be just like spouting off how great and wonderful and spiritual we thought it is yeah (laughs) so anyways (laughs) um i will say i think in the future after we get our footing a little more, like this is only our third episode, right? So Correct. I feel like in the future we'll we'll dive into topics that are maybe a little controversial, maybe yeah. or more sensitive, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. And I think another thing that I wanted to mention, I I was talking to a friend about this, and she was like, "You're so brave to start a podcast." Like, I worry that like if I were to do that, that people would. I'd say something and then people would judge me or like I'd say something and then I'd change my mind and have a difference mm. in opinion. And I'm like, that's so true. But I feel like we're in a culture where like this cancel culture exists or whatever. And mm-hmm. it's just like, I just don't want to be a part of that because I want to be relatable. Sure. Like, I feel like whatever we say, someone's going to resonate. With yeah, yeah. Yeah. So that's kind of the hope. And so. Well, and my thing is. I, I could just assume that people are judging me. Yeah. And I just don't care. Right. <laughs> They're all, because everybody's opinions are their own. And not to mention, like, my opinions are allowed to change. Like, nobody oh, yeah. has to feel or think a certain way for yeah. the rest of their life. Yeah. And yeah. it's not really my job if my opinion does change. I don't need to inform everyone yeah. right away. Like I said, we'll probably dive into that topic at some point. Today, we're going to go ahead and go forward with our talk about Montessori stuff. Montessori stuff. <laughs> the thing I could talk about literally all day long. And the thing that I don't, I mean, I know a little bit about. So this will be good to kind of learn about it. Yeah. So I'll get started kind of talking about, since I'm the one who knows more about Montessori, I'm not going to call myself an expert because I'm really, this is my eighth year kind of actually getting involved in Montessori and there are people that have been doing it for like 20 plus years so expert is probably a strong word but my well-versed well-versed yeah I'm well-versed in Montessori I've done a lot of research on it my experience uh with Montessori was I kind of just fell into it so I got my undergrad in college in child psychology kind of actually focusing on like child development which I've always really loved you know how much how much children actually are capable of especially cognitively like very early on like i learning about how infants can respond to your facial expressions from like 
a couple weeks old mm-hmm. to me has always been like fascinating and drew me into like child development. So anyway, so I got my degree in child psychology. So when I was looking for jobs right out of college, it was kind of similar to like what a lot of people go through. It's like, I'll take anything. Yeah. <laughs> and I remember your aunt Monica was like, well, I have a friend that works at this school. Do you want to work with kids? I was like, yeah, like I got my degree with kids. I want to work with kids. She's like, hey, what's well, at a school? You'd be a teacher's assistant. Um, it's Montessori. I don't know if you've ever heard of that. I'm like, I literally know nothing about Montessori. <laughs> it's funny that I remember all this kind of. Do you remember? Yeah. Yeah. It was this, I was like also interviewing to be like a paralegal at like some law office. So it was like between. Like, Very different. <laughs> I know. My journey could have been so much different. But so I interviewed for this job and they did ask. They're like, what do you know about Montessori? I'm like, I don't know anything. Like I'm ready to learn. I just know that I want to work with kids and they asked me questions about like like discipline mm-hmm. or like management of kids, like how I would handle certain kids in certain situations. And I think they based, felt you kind of yeah fit the bill. Yeah, based on my answers, I I feel like they they kind of felt like I was a good fit. So I took my job there. I worked there for four years. The last year I was at, and this was a private school. And the last year I was there, I had Dominic, my oldest. And I finished up my, like, official credential. So I got, like, actually Montessori certified by a university or whatever. And so that was a two-year process. The last year of that, I had Dominic, and I decided to go to a different school, moved to a school in Lehigh. And all the while, trying to, like, practice Montessori at home. Mm -hmm. And the thing about that is my credential is in ages 6 to 12. Mm-hmm. And I had a newborn. <laughs> so it's a little different. <laughs> it's, it's different because the developmental periods are different. So I got to do, I just dove into like research and reread the literature on the Montessori method because it, it is different from what I was trained in. So that was kind of cool mm-hmm. too. So that's kind of my experience with Montessori. I don't know if you, you have any thoughts about that. No, I think that the way that it came about is so interesting. You're just, I feel you're, you're very lucky to have found something you're so good at in such a random way. I know, it's just, it really does feel like it just kind of fell into my lap. But so on that note, I did want to tell you and our mm-hmm. listeners, like, kind of where it came from. Because mm-hmm. I think we hear Montessori and a lot of people have a lot of notions of what it is. Yeah, well, before you start that, yeah, I did just want to say, like, it was really interesting to me on our Instagram forever ago. Like we put, two weeks ago? Whoops. We put up some polls and some questions, and the first one was like, have you heard of Montessori? And 88% people said they had heard of it. Yeah. So it's like, it's beginning to be well-known, I think, at least the name of it. and Yeah. Maybe a very shallow well, not Idea. necessarily. Like there, you're. I think you're right. There, there's Montessori Instagram accounts. There's Montessori Pinterest accounts. Like there's, it, it's becoming pretty widespread and accessible. What do you like? What do you? What's what's your take on Montessori? Like if you had to give a description of what it is, like what would you? Describe yeah, Montessori my definition is going to be terrible, but I think the idea is right. <laughs> to me, it feels like Montessori is teaching kids to be adults in a very hands-on way Hmm. not necessarily adults but just to be like self-sufficient okay and to i don't know just like like you were talking about the capabilities of kids Mm -hmm. and like how they have so much capability that we don't even like realize a lot of the time so i think 
Montessori is a way of pulling that out of kids. I don't know, just not underestimating them. I love all of that because all of that's right. Yeah. (laughs) It's it's funny too. I remember, um, I think I was getting my degree in dance education and it was an education class and they were like, you have to go observe something. So I went and observed Angie's class. Oh, that's right. I forgot about that. That was long before I knew anything about Montessori. (laughs) And I just, I feel like if I went in again, I would get a lot more out of it because when I was there, I was like, what the hell is happening? (laughs) Like, I was kind of just like, these oh kids are gosh. just like, they're just doing walking stuff. around the classroom. What's going on? I was like, they're just, nobody's telling them what to do. <laughs> and this is not normal for a classroom. No one's telling them what to do. But yeah, oh, so you can kind of, I mean, we'll speak to that a little bit, I think. Anywho, it was, it was very interesting. <laughs> and I'm pretty sure if I went again, and especially after this talk, hopefully I would yeah. like understand it a little better. Well, and it's funny because like, because I have taught in an upper elementary class, which is ages nine to 12 or grades four through six, Mm -hmm. it's mixed age groups. Um, It's so different too, compared to like a toddler classroom or early childhood classroom. Right. And I think a lot of our listeners have younger kids. So we'll definitely talk a lot about that. I feel like. Yes, we will. So where Montessori comes from, the name Montessori is from a, a woman named Maria Montessori and she lived in Italy. Montessori, you know, back in like the, <laughs> like, that's my best Italian accent. I love that you like clarified that because I was like, whoa, Montessori, that's a weird last name. And then you said it and then the Italian. Okay. So it was helpful then. Yes. It was, it was very helpful. Good. Yeah. She, she was from Italy back in like the 1800s. So this was like, this is actually, this is an old method. Mm-hmm. A lot of people think Montessori is like this new age. It's just coming. It's just coming popular. back. Yeah. And it's actually been pretty solid in Europe and Asia for a pretty long time. Mm-hmm. Um, but so Maria Montessori... You know America sucks. Well, there's a whole... Th- that's a whole thing. <laughs> I'll get into that in a minute. Let me go over it briefly. Sorry. No, 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 no. It's valid, and but there's a reason behind it. But uh, historically, I guess. But so Maria Montessori was this woman. She had an aptitude for like science. She loved science. And women in the 1800s did not participate in science Mm -hmm. Um, and her father told her she needed to go be a teacher to which she said i would rather like be dead than be a teacher (laughs) which is so funny because when i learned that in my training i actually do remember sometimes feeling that way when i was going through my career options i was like i'll teach at this school for one year and then like i'd rather be dead like being a teacher (laughs) is like the worst thing so anyway she went to medical school and maria montessori was actually the first female physician in italy that's cool which i think is amazing um talk about like a woman pioneer you know and so she was assigned because she was a woman to like what they called the insane children which at the time were kids with like special needs And nobody wanted that job. That makes me so sad. Doesn't it? It's like really heartbreaking. Like they, as a teacher, I'm just like, oh, yeah. Anger. And they were all like institutionalized, right? Like they were all in insane asylums mm-hmm. at the time. And because she was a woman and because no respectable man would ever study insane children, she got the job. Mm-hmm. She's working in an insane asylum with quote unquote insane children, which basically just means like young children with special needs. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's like so sad. I'm like tearing up. This is I know. And but she was like their saving grace. The beauty of this is so what she did is, you know, in the scientific method you use a lot of like observation. Uh-huh. You observe things, you come up with a theory, 
hypothesis. You come up with a hypothesis and you continue to like study that hypothesis through whatever means. And in her case, it, she would like implement certain methods mm-hmm. and then write her data and observations on it. And so she actually started to figure out like a way to teach these kids what are called practical life skills, right? Like how to wash a table, yeah. how to brush their hair, because nobody was teaching them these things. They just assumed they couldn't do it and just like put them in an asylum and okay. let nurses like okay. take care of them. But on that too, it's not just those <coughs> with special needs that need to learn those things. Right? Right, exactly. Ugh. So she, okay. no, yes. yeah, no. And I love that you said that because so she was she taught these kids how to do these things and how to do them efficiently and well. Mm-hmm. She realized like if I can help these children do this, what would this do for what we would call now neurotypical kids? Mm-hmm. So she she opened up what was called um, her Casa dei Bambini, which is her children's house. She opened it up to any any kid and they they came and it was basically like her first preschool. Mm-hmm. And she started teaching them these practical life skills and they like were thriving. I want to go to that preschool. I do too. It's like <laughs> on my bucket list. I think it still exists. No, I mean like I want to be a kid in that preschool. Oh, amen. 100%. <laughs> so anyway, she opened up her first preschool. And as these kids were thriving with like practical life skills, she started teaching them math and she started teaching them English. And she was finding that like three-year-olds mm-hmm. can add and subtract and multiply as well as like read words like yeah, they can read yeah. sentences and understand this is straight saying. up reminding me of dominic because he's a right? freaking prodigy <laughs> you should be so proud i am so proud he is the smartest child and i'm over here and gabe's very smart too gabe is smart but like he'll count to 10 and i'm like genius 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 my child's going to harvard <laughs> and then he goes 12 13 6 <laughs> Teen, seven, eight, nine, ten. <laughs> and he starts over. And I'm like, oh, we got to get through those teens, boy. <laughs> he won't. He'll get there. We'll get there. And that's the thing is like every kid gets there at their own pace. And so anyway, she used this method. She's trained people all over the world. And then further generations continue to train. I think one of my trainers was like a third generation, mm-hmm. actually. Like, so the person who trained me, um, <coughs> her trainer was trained by was trained by dr montessori so like i feel like i'm pretty legit that's that's pretty great (laughs) i have a pedigree of my montessori training but as far as the uh the the united states thing Mm -hmm. so she was uh she was getting you know she's getting a lot of clout i guess is the term we'd use now Mm -hmm. she's getting really popular and she went to the world's fair which i think is in like new york city you know like back in the day And she did what was called like, I think they called it the bubble classroom. She literally had like these kids. She did a mini classroom in like a glass box and people would just watch these kids Uh and they were so unfazed. Like they were so focused on their work, even Uh though there were like hundreds of people walking because like, that's what the method is. It's like you said, it teaches them self-sufficiency, teaches them focus, Mm -hmm. but it was at the time of the industrial revolution in which most of the leaders in our country were like, we just want people that can take a process that we want them to do and churn it out, right? Mm-hmm. Like we want them to know X, Y, Z and then churn out X, Y, Z because yeah. we have factories and industry. Yeah. And I just don't think our education system has adapted for what our country is now. Mm. But they were like not into the Montessori method. Yeah, that's then. interesting. So that's As kind a neuro- of <coughs> Wait, what is it called? Neurodivergent person. Yeah. That makes me sad. Because I'm realizing how much the the education system truly failed me. Yeah. (laughs) 
it's not it's not helpful for neurodiversity which i mean it's more like recorded now but i think there is more of it nowadays oh yeah when i was going through my training so many times i was like i would have loved school so much more yeah if it was like this but i think so too that's on the school side but so there's a lot of things i could talk about as far as the montessori method let's talk about in terms of because not all of our followers are going to be teachers not all right they're not going to see all that in the education system let's talk about in the home a little bit absolutely so I'm interested because I was I've kind of boiled down Montessori as far as like just holistically and personally and like at home like kind of what the three main keys are. But I want to know like what our followers think about Montessori or what they believe it is too. Because we already asked you. Yeah, yeah. What is your understanding of Montessori? Yeah, yeah. So child-led learning through play, open-ended play slash learning, a minimal and intentional and non-rigid way of teaching and playing with children. Learning through experience. Nothing, except that Angela knows all about it. <laughs> I remember reading that one. <laughs> That made me happy. Um, creating real-life access and scenarios appropriate for children. And then someone who says they're, they say, I'm an early childhood educator here. I agree with about 90% of it is child-led and hands-on. Um, love the independence that it instills in a child. So yeah, a lot of people are aware of what it is yeah i feel like those were pretty accurate yeah um so let's go ahead and start talking about kind of how because that was the next thing the next question i asked was like what questions do you have about montessori yeah most of them were like how to how do you implement it practically um someone said how do you make it adhd friendly <laughs> yeah this person that. knows that knows the we're struggle. in the same boat yes. girl yes um yeah, how to implement it. A few more people just asking, how do you implement it? Yeah, like, how do we do this at home? Yeah. You know, if I'm not a Montessori certified teacher, like, how do I even do this at home? Yeah. Um, and, yeah, the I'd say, at least how I, and it's hard to say because I am a Montessori trained teacher, but the way that I've been able to kind of, like, make it practical at home is kind of to boil it down to three key components. And the purpose. And so organized. I'm so organized. <laughs> Here you go, guys. Action list. Here we go. Yeah, ready? Get your notebook out. But I think the the first and foremost important thing to remember is like the purpose of Montessori is kind of like what you said is is to give like an adult like setting. And what I mean by that is like giving your kids real life skills mm-hmm. that are appropriate for their age. Tools for them to be successful as an yeah, adult. Yeah, ac- absolutely. Which can happen at infancy it's just a matter of knowing what they need at that phase of development you know but and the three ways you're going to get them what did you say real life what did you say oh my gosh i don't know but it was it was great it was whatever you just said (laughs) to get that you want to foster independence freedom within limits and following your child and i'll kind of break down each of those and kind of how they look so independence I think is like this big word with Montessori mm. that people are like, we just need to let our children like be independent. Yeah, yeah. But it's like, what is, they don't but, know how to do a right, lot of things. Well, <laughs> I would love it if my kids were independent, but you gotta, you can't just assume independent. Yes. Is like, you know, that's it's, why part of Montessori is teaching that independence. Absolutely. Yeah. It's all about scaffolding. I think there's a big misconception about Montessori that we just let the kids kind of do whatever they want. Like yeah. following the child means we put these that's beautiful... That's what it looked like to me. That's what it looks like, right? <laughs> it does look like that. It looks like we put these materials out and I'll, and I'll frame this reference for the home. I put all these like toys or materials out for my kid 
and I just let him do whatever he, he wants. Perfectly goes and he through just, the toys yeah. and focuses on one. Yep. And he, then goes. He, he sees what he loves because he has the freedom and he chooses it and he's perfectly focused on it. No, that's not how that works. Yeah. I wish people could see our theatrical. I know, like our hand right gestures and like. <laughs> so I think the the first step is I shouldn't say first step. The thing that I do first is kind of follow my child so like I have toys that I think that I've looked up like on Pinterest what do two-year-olds like what do 18 month year olds like like what's good for their brain development 18 month year olds (laughs) is that what I said (laughs) my bad 18 month year olds um 18 month old right whatever like whatever age they are preschoolers toddlers infants like what is good for their brain development and I've kind of like and I just go to like thrift stores and buy toys that kind of kind of match that Mm -hmm. and and I put them out and then you kind of have to, and this is time consuming, so this is easy for me to say having been a parent of only two, but you do have to sit down and take some time to like play with them because they might not know how to play with the toy mm-hmm. in the first place, right? Like if it's like a hammer toy and a child's never picked up a hammer, mm-hmm. <laughs> they need to know like you hold it at this end and you bang this end, yeah. right? Which, I mean, we all can always spend quality time with our kids yeah. and that's an easy way to do it. Well, question about that. Because I've also heard, I don't know what this has to do with Montessori, but it has to do with like, I've heard a lot of people say, when you're playing with your children, sometimes it's good to not show them how to do something Mm. so that they discover different ways of doing things. It absolutely depends, right? Like, I, I, yeah, I'd probably start with that approach. Like, here's a toy, and if Leo just shoves the hammer in his mouth, I'm like, well, yeah, you could do that. But look what this can do. Like, <laughs> yeah. So I don't know. That's the first step that I do is, and I guess I'll give an example of like infant because it's like, how do you play with an infant? You know what I mean? Yeah, um, how am I going to play with Sawyer? Yeah. My little six month old. So like, what are Leo's like, no, not Leo. That's my kid. Sawyer. <laughs> what are Sawyer's like milestones right now? He's, like? so he's starting to scooch. So he'll like do a little scooches. Like on his belly? Yeah. Yay! I know, isn't that cute? <laughs> Mostly though, he like finds himself like crawling backwards. Not crawling, but like, okay. you know how they first go backwards? They, yeah, and they're, they're like, like what push, the heck is they're happening? They're like pushing themselves backwards. With yeah, their so hands. he does that and he always ends up in the worst spots and like <laughs> knocks his head into corners and whatever. But he's doing that. He's rolling really well. Okay. Um, he's very like, um, what am I trying to Like expressive? Expressive. Like he's starting to really like, when I say talk to him, mm-hmm. he'll like Aww. react. Yeah, it's so sweet. Does, and he can lift his head up. Oh yeah. And he does tummy time like pretty yeah. well. This is. And my... he's almost sitting. He's like really close to sitting on his own. Honestly, this is my favorite infant period. Is it to do a Montessori? Is room. it? Yes, because I feel like it's pro- they can't really go anywhere. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. You can just set <sighs> stuff up for them. That's another thing. I'm over here like, yeah, I really want to do like what you did with your kids and the yeah. Montessori thing, but also I love having Gabe in his little cage well, crib. That's, there is a time. <laughs> I shouldn't as say a, cage. No, as a mother, there is a time and a place for a cage. It's fine. Okay, <laughs> when I say cage, you guys, I mean crib. She means the crib. It's his, fine. His crib. It's fine. Dominic was in a crib till he was like 
18 months. Yeah. I did not do the floor bed with Dominic, and it, it, it turned he's, out fine. He's great. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> well, anyways, let's continue with our... So, like, for example, in an infant room, what I would do, like, with where Sawyer's at, I would get, like, a mirror, a floor mm-hmm. mirror, because oh. he wants to express. He wants to look at facial expressions. Yeah. So he can put them on his tummy, and he can look at his own facial expressions in the mirror. Or his vision sounds like it's, like, skyrocketing. So, like high contrast pictures on the wall that are at his level that he can look at. Right. Um, one thing I did with Leo a lot is when he'd be laying on his back because he's swinging his arms around. It sounds like Sawyer's got a lot of oh good arm movement. He like literally looks like he's trying to swim <laughs> a lot of the time. If he's on his back, he's just like moving his arms like crazy. Does he play with the like dangly? Um, is it not long enough for him? I haven't put him in that okay. recently because he rolls so much that he just sure. like bonks into it. Yeah. I mean, what I like about... So we're talking about a toy I got from Ikea, literally. Mm-hmm. It's like a baby mobile kind of thing that has like dangly toys from the top. But then on the sides with the rolling piece, it, it has these like a spinner. Well, and it has these spinny things on yes. the side. So yes. if he rolls, he can like spin the sides. Um, so yeah, things that dangle. When Leo was like laying down and moving his arms, I'd put like a jar of like some noisy thing like beads mm. or rice or something and like he'd knock it down mm. and I would pick it back up because then he's going to knock it down again he's seeing like this cause and effect right yeah. of like if I knock this thing down it will make a sound and then he's learning to practice those motor skills mm. so my point is like get get some toys like and developmentally doesn't have to be fancy doesn't have to be fancy developmentally appropriate is like going to be the most Productive because you're trying to help them gain real life skills, right? Yeah, yeah. And at infinite early childhood, you're trying to get them to walk or crawl or talk. I want him to sit really bad. He's just a toddler. <laughs> or like, I'll try to get him to sit, and he'll just like thrust his hips <laughs> forward and try to stand. And I'm like, stop it. Using those hip muscles, that's great. That's nice. that. Those are the walking muscles. People yeah. think it's the legs, but it's the hips, mm. which is why tummy time is so important. Yeah. Anywho. So yeah, first step, get some toys, preferably developmentally appropriate, um, and like watch them mm-hmm. and watch what they like. And it's going to be different for every kid. Like Dominic loved colors. He loved colors. Leo loves cars. Like it's just, and he's even younger than Dominic was at his age. But so what I, I put out cars for Leo, I used to put out color books for Dominic. Mm-hmm. And if you see what they like, and then you put what they like out and it doesn't have to be every single like I don't put only cars out for Leo right but, but that's he, his whole personality that's he everything is cars but so he's more likely to play with those toys mm-hmm. because he's interested in them and so you don't have this playroom full of toys that are just like yeah not being touched you yeah. know and I guess that's the other part is um the freedom within limits part so like in the room everything's low nothing's in a drawer Right, like it's all visible. It might be in like a little basket or something, but it's it's like you said, it's all visible. I but did a good job of that in my playroom, but down did. here I have like this giant Dude. basket. No, my living room's the same. I haven't seen the what's in the bottom of that for like <laughs> a few months. I have no idea what's in there. Dude, yeah, like that's what my living. Well, we have like a coffee table that has like a bottom shelf. Oh, like this kind of, yeah. And I put the toys out on that Mm -hmm. because not a lot, but a couple so they can be seen. But otherwise, like, yeah, everything's in a basket. Well, also, you're kind of like, I want my living room to be cute. Yes. Yeah. (sighs) Which you do. So just only put the cute ones out. There you go. Ours are cars. Once again, (laughs) we have cars out on our coffee table. 
but um, the freedom within limits portion is like you have things out that they can see, but you don't have everything out, mm-hmm. which I think this is Because then where, they'll lose interest. Yeah, because then there's too much, mm-hmm. right? They need limits in order to explore efficiently. So yeah, <clears throat> putting out toys that you will put out whatever at first, then when you see some interest, you can curate mm-hmm. a little bit. Um, and then it'll probably get stagnant at yeah. some point. And Which is you, where toy rotating comes yeah. in. Yeah. And so to to our friend's point of how do you make it ADHD friendly? <laughs> do you try to like organize your toys or what is that? Like I, for here's you? my thought about it. In case you guys don't know, Lauren has ADHD. Yes, I do have ADHD. Um, for me, I f- and this is just my experience. People with ADHD was like such a wide. You could have issues with things that I don't. But for me, I feel like organizing something is hard. Yeah. But once it's organized, it makes my life so much easier. If I'm able to get to the point where I can... Like, for example, this whole entire Montessori idea. Yeah. Like, if I can get it into a like habit, mm-hmm. my brain will feel so at ease because it has something to latch on to. Yeah. To focus on. Right? Because my brain often is just like all different all over the place so if and the other thing i was thinking is like it'd be really nice if gabe would do things so that i don't have to do them because when you have adhd oftentimes people miss the a misconception is that you're lazy and that's not what it is it's more like your brain is going a million miles an hour so and you have executive dysfunction Mm -hmm. so if i have that and gabe can take some of the things off my plate you know that'd be yeah. great and also i mean there's a likelihood that my kids might have adhd True. and for me to know ahead of time how to help them yeah which i feel like montessori kind of does that because of those tools that they learn early on early on yeah. a lot of the things that adults do are assumed skills oh 100% like all of our skills are assumed skills yeah well and i think especially <laughs> For people with ADHD, mm-hmm. it, those types of things are really hard. So for me, Montessori is a way of preparing my children to, to not have, have the same struggles yeah, that I have. To have those skills. Or not, I mean, not to not have the struggles, but to have them lessened. To, to be able to manage if, yes. they, if they have those... Uh, and even if they don't. ...diversities in their brain. And even if they and don't. Even if they don't, yeah. It's helpful. Well, I mean, the jury's not out on, like, on... I mean, Dominic's four... Like, the jury's not out on what he may or may not have going forward, you know. Mm -hmm. But at least I know he knows where to put his plate. Or he knows how to throw garbage in the garbage can. Oh my gosh, that's my favorite thing that Gabe loves to do Does he throw his own garbage away? Yes. I'm always like, Gabe, will you throw this in the garbage? And he smiles at me and he, like, walks over to the garbage. And he's so proud of himself that he knows where the garbage is. Yes. And we also put all of our snacks on a low... Mm -hmm shelf that he can have and he'll just like open the door and grab a snack and bring Which it to me. is a love-hate relationship. Oh yeah. Because I do the same thing and like <laughs> Leo's eating like 10,000 fruit snacks in a day yeah. and I'm like okay we have to stop this. Yeah. But yeah I just going back to the ADHD thing I just I I don't know if there's a way to make it ADHD friendly up front Sure. But I think as you go along and as you work on it it becomes a lighter load yeah. Later on. Well, and I'm going to say this. It's a practice, right? Mm-hmm. Montessori is a practice. It's never 
I, I didn't it's set, never done it's never done especially because you're if you're doing it with your kids your children are literally changing all the time right like I didn't set up a system and then it was done and I, I use that system forevermore because one Dominic has changed mm-hmm. and I've had to change things we moved into a different house things changed Leo is a different child he <laughs> likes different things yeah. you know like the beautiful wooden toys I bought for Dominic Leo doesn't care about (laughs) because he sees older brother playing with other toys you know so like it's just different but but like Leo loves seeing that Dominic throws his own garbage away and he likes to throw garbage Mm -hmm. away I also have like this broom and mop set that Dominic didn't care about at all and Leo loves like it just depends so I will say the things that were a system that I set up that I like feel like are tried and true granted I've only had two kids but these are things that they do in Montessori schools is an independent bedroom. Mm. So that's like a bed that they can climb in and out of themselves with the caveat that I put a lock on their doors <laughs> because they have, you don't want them showing up in the middle of the night in yeah, your room. I don't want them. Well, but sleep is important. Like, so Dominic is four. He doesn't have a lock on his door anymore. But because he's at the age that he comes Understands. out, he says what he needs. We give him what he needs. He goes back to bed. Yeah. Um, but Leo, so Leo has a, he just has like a baby proof latch on the outside of his door. You know, like the things that keep the doorknobs from moving. Mm-hmm. Right. So we can get in, but he can't get out. I don't know. Maybe people are going to get real upset that I do this. I don't know. No. But he has f- total freedom. I just, I don't feel like how it's any different from a crib. Yeah. That's a whole other thing. Right. Like I lock his door. But he has freedom to go in and out of his bed. He can look at his books. He can play with his toys. And when he's tired, he climbs in his bed and he goes to bed. Mm -hmm. And Dominic did this and Leo does this. When they're ready to leave, they like knock on their door. They knock. They say, I'm ready to get out. And I get up and I get out, right? So that's something that I think is a tried and true process. Is an independent bedroom. Now, when I say toys... They're quiet toys, right? Like, they don't make a lot of noise. They're not overly stimulating. And they're safe. And they're safe, right? Everything is baby-proofed in their room. They're not going to choke on anything. They're not going to, yeah. Nothing's, you know, going to fall down on him, right? So independent rooms are very safe. They're very quiet. So that's still a place for them to sleep. Another tried and true thing that I do is I keep their dishes low in the kitchen. Hey, I have a drawer for Gabe. All of his dishes are there. Today, I was making macaroni and cheese, and macaroni and cheese takes a minute. It does. But I started, he immediately was like, oh, mac and cheese. He pulls out <laughs> his bowl. He goes to the table, puts it, and like looks at me. Aww. And I'm like, buddy, it's going to be a while. And then he's like, macaroni? <laughs> and I'm like, okay, you're really cute, and you're going to get really upset that this macaroni <laughs> isn't ready, but... But that readiness, like that's. But the fact that he picked out his own bowl, carried it to the table, put it down, I was just like, "You're so freaking cute! I can't get over it." Well, and he now that he knows what they are, you can start implementing things like him putting his bowl away, right? Mm -hmm. Like when you're emptying the dishwasher, he can start putting his bowls away. Yeah. And all that to say, (laughs) like, it's a lot of work, right? Uh Like, it's a lot on you as a parent to like push your kid to do something that you can easily do yourself. Yeah time wise it's way more time consuming to let your kid do something that you can do I'm gonna say it's more time consuming to teach your child to do something that you can do because in the long run like Dominic putting his own dishes away is like saving my life yeah (laughs) I like put all his dishes out and then I'm like okay like do your chores like go do your dishes and then I just put our dishes away and the the dishwasher is empty right his lawn he puts his laundry away oh my god 
It's a struggle right now, he but he loves does it. The laundry. He does, and does he wash it now? He does the washing he, machine and everything. Okay, right? you guys, listen to how crazy this is. Gabe will go to our closet, pick up our. He's two. He's two years old. Yes. He picks up our hamper, walks <laughs> into the the laundry room, and says, "Mama, open washer." So I open the washer. He puts everything in. He closes it, and then he, or no, he he asks for soap. Yep. So I give him a little soap tablet. He throws it in. He closes it. And then we do have the child lock. So he like turns it on and waits for me to turn off the child mm-hmm. lock. He knows. He knows the lock process. Like yep. the light that goes mm-hmm. off when he can push play. And then he sits there and washes. Or watches the washer. And then he knows exactly how to change it to the dryer. I open it. He throws everything in the dryer. And then he asks for a dryer ball. <laughs> I throw that in. That one doesn't have a child lock, so he just closes it and starts it on his own. Well, and I'm going to speak to, like, both your mother heart and your ADHD heart. Like, think about how many steps are involved in that process. I know, Think about how much executive function he already has. Yeah. And that's all from just letting him do real things in your house. Yeah. Real things. I mean, it can be a mess sometimes. Of course. (laughs) Yeah, it's, it's been fun. Now I just need to teach him how to put it away. Oh, yeah. And, th- and so for those of you that maybe want to know how laundry is done in our house, right? Like my kids put their laundry in the washing machine. When everything's all dry, <clears throat> they have bins that it's like tops, bottoms for Dominic's like underwear, socks. And then we call them specials, which is like jammies and swimsuits and stuff. And like Leo's learning. I have to sort it mm-hmm. by the bins for Leo, but then he puts them all in his bins. Uh-huh. Dominic's at the point now where he's, he, he can sort. Knows, yeah. This is a shirt. This is a pant. I put it in those bins, right? Yeah. So that's how you could do independent laundry yeah. in your house. Well, to recap, independent safe bedroom, um, dishes low, and then like laundry. Like these are very three very basic simple things that are yeah. easy to do with your kids. And I will say as a stay-at-home mom, sometimes I thought like the what you were saying, I would think, "Oh, this is taking so long. It's so yeah. annoying." But then as a stay-at-home mom, I was like, "Well, what else am I going to do?" <laughs> yeah. Like sometimes as a stay-at-home mom, you have this like your day seems to drag on at certain points. You want to fill the time. So I'm like, well, if I'm filling the time with teaching him something, and obviously that's probably different for moms that are, like, working moms and stuff, but... Yeah, I mean, like, when you've seen or, like, looked into things about Montessori, like, what do you want for, like, your kids? Like, what... Or what do you think is going to, like, help you the most, and what do you want to implement at your in your house? I think the biggest thing for me is just... It doesn't have to be all or nothing. Amen. Like, I feel like people see Montessori and they're like, oh, I have to change my entire parenting style. My entire house has to be different. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And this is hard for me because I'm a very all or nothing person. <laughs> yeah. Like, with everything. Mm-hmm. But for me, it's like, you can take small principles from Montessori and, like, implement those. And then once you get used to one and you want to yeah. add another, you can add another. Or maybe that's all you want to add. Yeah. And I, so yeah, I think researching kind of what types of things you can do and then taking it or leaving it. Yeah. I mean, I'm Montessori trained and I don't, my house is not a perfectly Montessori home. Like it's not. Yeah. And like I I see, I see people like on Pinterest or Instagram that have like the food prep station in their kitchen or the washing station in their kitchen. And I'm like, dude, kudos to you. I don't have the energy to like 
but they put their own laundry away and that makes me very happy yeah, <laughs> like, yeah. i haven't gotten to food prep with them little yet little victories well i have yes, a you have you do the dominic little... snaps the asparagus <laughs> which i taught you which you taught me which i taught dominic and now he snaps the asparagus and it's great or like what else does he... it's mostly like vegetable yeah. prep like yeah. Or, you know, Gabe stirs the macaroni. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He does it very haphazardly, but he does that. I love it. And then Miles is always like, why do you always make such a big mess when you make macaroni? I'm like, well, first of all, I would if it was just me. But also, <laughs> I'm, I'm letting Gabe do some of it, too. Yeah. So uh, just blame it on Gabe. Oh, yes. Like throwing ingredients. Like if you're doing or a... Pouring things. Yeah, pouring <sighs> things. Like if you're doing like a crock pot dish and there's you're, you know, throwing in like cream of chicken, whatever. Like let them pour the cream of chicken in. Like... Yeah. I had heard from someone... Let them wipe up the mess. Yes, 100%. I had... Dominic likes to do flower arranging. Oh! This is a... This was a past couple years kind of thing. That's where, like, the sweetest thing you've ever heard. He loves it. So we have, like... It's like a, if I get... Like, if Jeff gives me a bouquet of flowers, or if, like, I get one from school, or if I just, like, see a $5 bouquet at the store, mm-hmm. we'll, like, buy it. And then he he's learning how to use scissors, and so he'll, like, figure out how tall the flower needs to be. Mm-hmm. He'll cut it, and he sticks it in these little vases that we have, and then he chooses in the house where to, where put, to put it. it. And so he's he's learning, like, how to care for his home and how yeah, to make it beautiful. So that's another thing I do, but... I And again, these aren't things I do all the time perfectly, consistently. Yeah. Because I'm still... A friggin' human. <laughs> a friggin' human. And sometimes I put their laundry away because it's faster. And yeah. sometimes I do the dishes myself because it's faster. But when mm-hmm. I'm, I feel ready to let them food prep or I feel ready to let them <laughs> do the things that they can do, then I do. You know, yeah. it's like you said, it doesn't have to be all or nothing all the time. But yeah, I guess to answer the like, how do you make it ADHD friendly? Like, what what systems do work for? for you if you are someone with ADHD like do what works for you and do that because Montessori is not all about having a beautiful toy room mm-hmm. it's not all about having a beautiful food post it's like what do you want your kid to learn yeah. and what will work for you to get them to do that independently and be able to teach them yeah. is my and that goes for everyone for everyone yeah. what are you good at what are you patient enough to yeah try um <laughs> This has nothing to do with... Okay. Well, maybe it is. I don't know. Gabe mm-hmm. loves water. He does. He's, He's always loved water. Obsessed. Yeah. I am having the hardest time. Like, he always climbs on to the freaking counter. To get to the sink. To get to the sink. To turn it on. Yeah. And I'm just like... Do you have, like, a step stool that reaches the sink? No. So we have one. It's just like a like a multi-step. Ours is wood. We got it from right, Ikea, so it's right. like sturdy. But like when Dominic started doing that, it's different, right? Because Dominic's different than Gabe. But <laughs> a little. Yeah. They're a little different. But um, I would have, I would get something like that and let him start rinsing dishes. Yeah. Because he wants to. The, he wants this is to. something that I've learned in Montessori. If they're doing a certain behavior, they're trying to strive for something. Yeah. So like how can you reach that? in a way that's like appropriate right so it was totally on topic it was on topic yeah we'll leave that in there right i mean with the exception of like sticking their fingers in outlets right like yeah there are things you need to baby proof children should not have the steak knives but like if they want to have a butter knife and cut a banana like yeah let's try it and let's see how they do if they're reaching for the counter they're they're up there for some kind of reason and it's going to take time and it's going to take patience and effort and some days you won't let them do this 
but like see what they can do at that level. If any of you guys listening have more questions, number one, being the Montessori person that I am, I'm gonna say, go research it out and seek it out for yourself. Like, if you want to know what developmental things are appropriate for your kiddo at their specific age, like, go, go read about it. Go read about what you can find. Um, see what's developmentally appropriate for your kiddos, for you. If there's like, I mean, Montessori doesn't end with children. I still use the Montessori method on myself all the time. And then secondly, you can ask me. I, if you're a listener with a kid between the ages of six and 12, I'm super solid as far as my like technical Montessori knowledge. If you have a kid up to the age of four, I have my personal experience. Um, and I guess my only piece of advice if you want to move forward in a Montessori journey is just like, they're probably not too young. Your kids are probably not too young to do the things you think they want to do. Mm-hmm. And just give it a try. Yeah. And if you hate it, get rid of it. Take it, leave it, take some, leave some. Try something. Try again. Try again, yeah. Throw it out. Make do or do without. <laughs> I feel like that's a, like a your dad's that's saying. That's my dad. Yeah. I literally, when I, oh, it's like I just heard your dad's voice when he said that. Uh, make use do it do up. Without. What is it? Use it up. Wear it out. Do make do make or, do, or do, do without. Do yeah. Uh, good old Dad Gomez. Dad Gomez. Papa Gomez. Okay. Well, thank you for. I learned a lot, so I'm gonna take it slow, and I kind of already have. I've done a few of the things yeah. and. And the dishwasher's done. And the dishwasher's done. <laughs> I better get Gabe on it to unload it. Okay, well, I hope you guys learned something. I hope you enjoyed our little chat. As usual, life is long. There's plenty of time to figure it out. And DM us with any other thoughts or questions you may have. And DM us with just your thoughts on the episode. Like, Yes, please. We love to hear from you guys. We want feedback, all kinds of feedback. You can tell us we suck. We can handle it. Oh, I was going to say this too. If you know of someone that would be a really interesting guest mm, for us mm-hmm. to have, yeah. please send them our way. We, I mean, as much as we love just talking to each other, we love to learn new things. And we hope that we're relatable enough for you guys to listen to and to want to learn new things. And so if you have any experts in your life on a topic you'd want us to talk about, or if you yourself are an expert. Yeah. Send it our way and we will we will make a plan. Hey guys, thanks for listening. Don't forget to leave a review and follow us on Instagram at multiplyandreplen.ish. Talk to you soon.